Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. And I forgot to tell the listeners yesterday to make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. We have all the shows listed for you on there as a podcast, so you can catch up with all the shows, you can use them with your friends, you can listen to them with your partner, husband, wife, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend. Very helpful. I have lots of reports of people that like to listen to them together, so please take advantage of those. And I'm so glad, truly, that you joined me today, and I hope your day is going well. I want to remind you that tomorrow we have a great guest His name is Sergei. He is from Russia, and he is in charge of the Russian ministries that are over in the Soviet Union. And what they are doing with the World Cup is they are evangelizing the country by asking many of their patriots to come to homes and watch the World World Cup on big screen TVs while they are talking to them about Christianity. So it's wildly successful. They are having so many people. So it's really exciting to hear what they are doing in Russia. And he has helped to start more than a 1,000 churches in Russia. So it's very exciting to have him. So make sure that you don't miss tomorrow. We want to really support anyone that is in ministry in any part of the world and changing God's people one person at a time. So we left off yesterday talking about the power of intention and what is my intent when it comes to changing the way I think. And the one real takeaway from yesterday is if your sole intention of changing the way you think is just to feel better, it's not going to probably work. The idea of intentionality and understanding your intentions is is helping us to rise to a higher level of interacting, of being. That God wants our intentions to be truly holy, not self-serving, not to just get out of pain. Now, I don't like anybody in pain. (laughs) So one of the reasons I do these shows is I don't like people in pain, especially unnecessary pain. Pain that is inflicted by yourself, pain that comes from the way you were raised, pain that comes from our society, pain that comes from lies that you're being told by our society, the world around you, friends, family, or just the enemy himself. So we really want to understand that our mind is private. It's the only place that we are really private. The only person that's in really a, allowed in our mind is the Lord if we ask him. So think about what you think and what would happen if your random thoughts and ongoing thinking was being broadcasted on a radio station. I, I would not want that. And that's always helpful for us to understand how healthy is our thinking. Because this is a lot of what forms our impressions and and shapes our experiences. So I gave you these wonderful verses that I have memorized that really help me get my thinking back in line. And it's Proverbs 23, 7 that says, For as a man thinketh within, so he is. 
We have 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 5 that says we demolish every agreement, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And if the only verse you remember is that one, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that is an example of a great intention. Because the intention in this verse is not just to feel better. The intention is to fight the world, fight our, the enemy of our soul and say that we're going to demolish every agreement, every pretension that sets its up, itself up against the knowledge of God. Anything in my mind that starts to tear down my belief in the Lord and his goodness toward me. I stop believing in the power that he has to change the world. I stop believing in why God saved me. See, this is, this is intention that I'm demolishing those lies because truth always sets me free. And that what we actively do is take captive every thought. Captive. Doesn't mean we argue with the thought, wrestle with the thought. It means we take it captive so it can't do any more work. And we make it obedient to Christ, not to ourselves, to Christ. And we hold that thought up to Christ and we say to that thought, you need to be obedient to Christ. Does he talk to you that way? Does he think towards you the way you're thinking? Does he feel towards you the way you're feeling? That needs to come into obedience with the way Christ thinks, the way he feels, the way he acts. But more importantly, the way he thinks about you. Do your thoughts match his mind? Because that's the goal. That's, that's the target we're shooting for. And it helps when we understand that I can battle the battle of my mind better when I understand why I'm battling it. Because if I'm only doing it to get out of pain, I won't win. It will win every time. My mind has fallen. The mind is at enmity with God. So we really have to take it captive. Once we know why we're doing it, we're aspiring to a higher calling. We get more energy and more strength to do it. So I'm also going to give you just some basics as well. We, we talked yesterday about the idea of conjunctions and how you use them. The word and, so, but, for, or, not for, but or. So think about how I use the word but. And I gave you the example of correcting clients in my office when they say, yes, I really love you, but I don't believe you really love me. I really love you, but I hate the way you talk to our daughter. See, what's going to happen is the person's not going to remember the I love you. So we say, and, I love you, and it would help me if you changed your tone when talking to our daughter. And makes it much easier to hear. But is truly used to negate the first part of a sentence. So I want you to really think about how you think. And when we are considering changing how we think, what is our intention for doing it? So this is some other just very simple ways that help. So rephrase things in your mind. 
rephrase the way you think. Something like, let's say you're not feeling well, you're tired. And so you're saying to everyone and to yourself, oh, I feel so bad. I'm never going to make it through this day. I hate the way I feel. If we rephrase it, because remember, positivity brings energy. If I rephrase it and I say, you know, I could use a little more energy. And once I'm fit and healthy, I'll be fine. See, if you say, I'm feeling depressed, you're simply adding to the burden. Even though it's unintentional, that's what you're actually doing. You're creating a bigger burden. And the more you repeat the complaints, the worse you feel. It's the strange thing that we think if we keep saying it out loud, it will somehow go away. When actually we're empowering it. That does not mean I don't want you to talk about it. But this is a great example of how I use the word and. I'm feeling depressed and I know it won't last. I'm feeling depressed and I know there's a lot of great things that are still happening for me. I'm feeling depressed and I'm working on it. I'm feeling depressed and I know God's going to help me. I'm feeling depressed and I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm thankful that you listen to me. I'm thankful that you're willing to have compassion on me. All of a sudden, the intention changes. So instead of just complaining, I'm actually helping myself rise to a higher level of functioning. So avoid words like cannot when referring to yourself. I'm not saying in all cases. But say things like, what is, things that are higher energy statements are when I can. Because when you use words like, well, hopefully or maybe or one day or I'd like to, but I can't, right? So you can even say, I'd like to and I know I can. I don't know when, but I believe I can. This is really imperative. And it, it is, I have to tell you, it is a discipline. It's not easy. It really isn't. When I get tired, sometimes I just like fall into the abyss and I just think it. And I know what I'm doing and I say, Cynthia, this is not helping you. It has this weird way of feeling good in the moment. But it just creates more negative thoughts. It's kind of like they, you know, divide. So one thought becomes two and two becomes four and four becomes, you know, eight. It's crazy. So you want to be very careful. And I want you to remove words like hate from your vocabulary. Because hate is a, is a very de-energizing word. Even though it feels energetic, it steals from a whole bunch of other places. Now, if I say something like, I hate sin, I hate abuse, absolutely. Because God hates some things. But God only hates things that are anti-God. I want you to stop saying things like, I hate my job. You can replace that with, my job isn't as pleasant to me, and I know that I can either change it, or God is helping me find a new place to be. In the meantime, I'm thankful for a paycheck. Those ways help you to express the feeling without creating more negativity. And it does take discipline. Because the lazy thinking is to just say whatever it is that I'm feeling. 
So be careful about the word hate. Like, instead of I hate it when that happens, say I prefer it would be different. It's not easy to do and you're going to forget. But I want you to attempt to make these small changes in your speech. You will see a big improvement in outcome. This is speaking things into existence in some ways. And I'm not saying it's not like magic. But words are powerful. They build and create things. They construct things. We have to be very careful what we are building with our words. Our words are like the bricks of a house. We stack them up on each other. We have to make sure we are going to enjoy what we're building. So think of this. And think on this. I can adjust the way I think. And I most likely will feel better. But I'm adjusting the way I think because it's healthy. Not simply because I don't want to feel bad anymore. I'm adjusting the way that I think so that it lines itself up with a more like the mind of Christ. So I am more like him. The more I do that, the more resiliency I have, the better I handle the buffeting of the world around me and the difficulties that go on in the world. I have more tolerance. So end and begin your day with a positive thought. Give yourself a verse to meditate on on the way to work. You don't have to do it the whole time, but start your day out with, what's something I could think on that would be uplifting. And this also helps. When you're trying to really work on the way you think, talk it out loud. If I speak my thoughts out loud, now many times I don't do this in front of people, it's very helpful when I talk to myself. And that has a lot of power. When I hear it outside of me, I get a better understanding of what I'm thinking. And it sounds different when it's outside of me than when it's in my head. It doesn't sound as bad in my head. But when I speak it out loud, I go, oh, wow, that's not healthy. That's not good. That's not, that's not helping me. So many times, if you speak things out loud, you get a better handle on them, and then you can change the intention. You can say, you know what? I don't want that to be my intention. I really want it to sound like this. And when you say it out loud, you hear it, and it becomes stronger. So just try it for a day. See how, th how differently things work. So let's think about this idea of tolerance. And if you listen to the show for any length of time, you've heard me say repeatedly, the hallmark of an adult is the ability to tolerate negative feelings, being misperceived, misunderstood, let down, getting their feelings hurt. The hallmark of an, of an adult tolerates those things. And the hallmark of an adult is intolerant of bad behaviors. This is where we really want to practice living as adults instead of the way our culture lives, which our culture is intolerant of negative feelings. This is hence the reason for safe places in colleges and universities. You know, we're practically making it illegal to hurt someone's feelings but we are tolerating atrocious behavior. We're kind of upside down right now, which brings a lot of chaos. So stress is impossible to avoid, no matter how charmed your life may be. 
And emotional pain and distress, these are inevitable. They're parts of life. But when we learn how to effectively cope with them and with intense emotion and distress, then we decrease our suffering. If we can't deal with them, we increase our suffering and, and to those around us. And so there's a, there's a very um, well-known psychologist. Her name is Dr. Marsha Linhan, Linhan, and she is very rena- renowned. She's done a lot of research and study on this idea of how we tolerate distress or how we tolerate stress. And the number one thing when we are looking at this type of therapy, this is called DBT or dialectical behavior therapy, not super important to you, but to understand it really is a therapeutic modality that we use. And it works very well. And the first thing that we help clients with when it comes to this tolerance issue of everything just hurts, everything's overwhelming, everything is distressing, is we first say we're going to practice radical acceptance. Because always getting angry in response to a situation might be understandable, but the upsetting, getting into the huge amounts of upset prevents you from seeing what's really happening. And so intense emotions have a way of blinding us from the reality of the situation. And then our emotions escalate. This is why you may walk away from something and go, did I really get that upset about that? Wow, I kind of went off. What got into me? So if our first go-to, our first emotion is anger, and we start telling ourselves all the shoulds and the coulds and the woulds, you're missing the point of what actually is happening. This is that idea of being present. See, if somebody insults me at work, and all I focus on is the insult, and I start ramping up inside. I can't believe that person said that to me. Well, then I, guess what? This is what's going to happen. Or I think I should say such and stuff. And I start having a whole dialogue in my head with this person, who has by now walked away and gone on with their day. This is what's important. I need to be present. What is actually happening? Okay, I'm having a bad feeling. I got my feelings hurt. I feel like it was an injustice. Okay. Is this criminal? Is it illegal? Is it immoral? Maybe it's unethical a little bit. I don't know. But do I need to call the police over this? Or do I just need to say, you know what? That was inappropriate. I need to forgive him and move on. I'm not going to let their bad behavior influence my entire day and then the way I respond to the rest of people around me. Always think about emotions as very contagious. They're very contagious. This is why adults have good boundaries. If I don't have good boundaries, then I catch your feeling and I pass it on to somebody else. It's that simple. The boundary says, okay, that's your feeling. You are acting in an insulting way to me. I'm not an insulting person. I don't know where this is coming from. And if I don't have a ton of intimacy with that person, I'm going to let it go and move on. I'm going to say, man, they're just having a bad day. I don't know what that's about because it doesn't fit. I know me well enough to know if it fits. So if I've actually, you know, offended them and they choose to insult me in response, okay, that's not necessarily a healthy way to respond to me. 
I can still take responsibility for what I did. I can say, hey, I really didn't mean to shut the door that soon. I didn't see you coming. I really apologize. I don't have to react to their emotion and get offended because they're offended by me. That's the contagion. So radical acceptance means I acknowledge the present moment regardless. I don't have to judge it as either good or bad. I simply observe it. What is this telling me? What's going on? And it encourages us to recognize that our current situation exists, maybe as a result of a long chain of events. I don't know. It may just be very original to that moment. But what happens is we stop trying to resist it by denying it or getting angry or hurt and thinking all about that when it's already occurred. We don't have the power to change what has already occurred. That's the acceptance piece. And this is really important that you hear when I say this. When I accept something, that does not necessarily mean I agree with it. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. If the weather is 118, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I don't want more of it, but I accept it. Can I change it? No. So acceptance, more often than not, simply means accepting and being present with what actually has occurred. Then you can figure out, do I need to do something? Can I change this? Or do I just simply need to accept it? move on, get over myself, not complicate my life. The other way to decrease distress, distract yourself from self-destructive behaviors. As strange as this might be, engaging in self-destructive behaviors or what we would often call self-medicating behaviors brings temporary relief from emotional pain, but increases our distress because it pricks our conscience. So we know that what we're doing probably isn't healthy. So instead of being present with the feeling, why am I wanting to do self-destructive behaviors? Why am I wanting to self-medicate? What is so intolerant to me? What am I unwilling to accept? How can I be present with myself in just this one moment? And if you think back you might want to look on the website. I did the, the whole entire show on the power of a minute. And sometimes we feel like a one minute is intolerable. So if you would just start your, your watch, look at the second hand on your watch and say, you know what, for one minute, I can tolerate this before I do a self-destructive behavior, before I do self-medicating behaviors. In that one minute, I'm going to work on self-soothing. What's self-soothing? Positive thinking listing all the things that are working in my life, all the good things that have happened to me in my life. And this helps for me to really reorient myself. And I want you to give yourself one cue word. It might be just as simple as relax. But you just say to yourself, relax, and let your body relax. And then see if there's something you actually want to do as a way to increase your tolerance and acceptance. Thank you for joining me today. This is a tough world. It really is. And I want you to really practice this. It will help you with well-being. And it will help you with resiliency and enjoying the life that God has given you. 
So have a great day. Make sure you listen tomorrow when we talk to Sergei from Russia about the wonderful missions that are happening in the Soviet Union. Check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jeremy. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.